Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, if you're like me and you love the very idea of golf, but you're not very good at the actual game, well, what you got to do is download DNVR. Go to dnvrgolf.com and download WGT Golf today. It's the most beloved free golf game in the world, loved by over 20 million people around the world, including everyone here on the DNVR staff. You can come challenge us anytime. You can beat me with relative ease. Patrick, you're going to have a little more difficult a time with. Either way, though, you're going to have a blast, whether you're playing closest to the hole or full stroke play on world famous golf courses, including Pebble Beach and Bethpage Black. You can compete head to head with so many people in the DNVR community. We're getting close to having to create that third country club. So make sure you come down and join us, whether you're the most intense golf lover and you want to get in on all the real world top golf stuff and buy all the fancy equipment, or you just want to have a nice, fun, relaxing day with a free golf game you can download on your phone or computer. It's going to provide you with that kind of entertainment. So go to dnvrgolf.com today and download WG. WGT Golf from our friends at Top Golf. And this ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go out. Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is our beat writer, Patrick Lyons, and making her debut on the DNVR Rockies podcast. Not on the podcast network, though, because Michaela Perkins has joined the DNVR team. We are so very, very excited to have you along for our conversation today. First of all, how exciting is it to get to, we were talking a little bit before, but to just get to talk baseball again. Yeah, I feel like a little kid on Christmas. Like, this is the best feeling ever. I have been so deprived of baseball. It's been really hard not having live baseball to watch when normally we would have it right now. So um, I just feel like a little kid on Christmas. I'm so excited. It's so nice to finally have something to look forward to, have something to watch when baseball comes back and um, opening days right around the corner. So I'm so pumped. So a little later on in the show, we're going to talk about some of the things Bud Black had to say today, get you updated on things going on from summer camp. We're also going to talk a little bit, you know, we've run through who's on the Rockies roster, but it's nice to have fun a little bit and talk about who we think would be the best 
theoretical possible player in Major League Baseball. If you could add one guy to the roster, who would it be? Hit us up with your comments now. We'll we'll run through ours. We've got some on Twitter already. Uh, if you're just listening on the podcast, again, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel so that you can do this stuff with us live. But first, Michaela, being a, a giant comic book nerd, in addition to being a huge baseball nerd, there's few things I love more than an origin story. I've, I've, I've always got to get people's origin story. How did you fall in love with the game of baseball? Yeah, um, when people meet me, they're really surprised at how much I just love the game in general. So obviously being from Colorado, I'm a huge fan of the Rockies, but um, you know, I could sit and watch baseball for hours regardless of who's playing. Um, but really my start came in high school. So um, you know, I grew up in a football home. Everybody watched football. My grandma was a big Broncos fan. So I didn't really get exposure to any other sports besides football. Um, and I decided pretty early on that I wanted to work in sports. So I figured the best way to do that would be to get started early and involved with my high school team so I could learn the rules and all that fun stuff. So I was the manager for my high school's baseball team. Shout out Shy Mountain Indians in Colorado Springs. Um, and Coach Swope was the coach of the baseball team. And he was instrumental in um, instilling the love of the game in me. You know, he let me keep the book. He taught me how to keep score. So um, that really helped me fall in love with the game from an analytic standpoint once I understood, you know, how to keep the book. And um, from then on, it was just like an instant love. I loved going to the field early and watching batting practice and getting close with the guys on the team and hearing why they love, oh, yeah, there I am. There's my team. Um, that was our celebration uh, banquet for the seniors. Um, so, you know, it really started in high school. And if Coach Swope hadn't been so encouraging towards me and welcoming and the guys on the team hadn't been so great and just like brothers to me, I don't think I would have loved fell in love with the sport as much as I did. So it all started in high school and I was like 16 years old. And uh, ever since then, I've just been obsessed with the game. I got so lucky to work for the Diamondbacks in Arizona when I was in college. And um, working for the Diamondbacks just reinforced that love of baseball. Um, getting to be paid to watch baseball was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a same. good ride ever since. <laughs> yeah, Dude, just really, you know how you know how that feeling is getting to be paid to watch baseball. So, uh, working for the Diamondbacks is a really great experience as well. And like I said, just solidified that baseball is the greatest sport on earth, and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> so, yeah. And that means something coming from a football family, like you said. Now, for me, when, when I played baseball in, in high school, I was on the field when I would look into the dugout and I would, you know, like notice the relationship between the coach and the, the team assistants and things of that nature. So were those were there those moments uh, at Cheyenne Mountain High where the coach would kind of turn to you and say, hey, what do you think about, is this guy dealing today? Do you do you think we should make a certain move here? How did you like so-and-soing batting practice? Did you ever have those moments where you could kind of bend your coach's ear and, and, and give a little feedback as to what was going on? Yeah, I mean, Coach Swope knew what he was doing, so he definitely didn't need my input. But <laughs> like I said, he was so positive and he was so welcoming to me that, um, you know, there were those moments where he was like, what do you think? Like, And when I was keeping the book during games, you know, he'd be like, all right, what's this guy what's this guy dealing? Like, you know, what's our strategy going forward? Just like little things like that, that um, really encouraged me and, you know, made me feel valued. And it also, you know, really was the start of being able to form opinions about games and um, watching how things go and um, pitch progressions and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, Coach Swope, I mean, he was the man. He did everything uh, that he could to make me feel a part of the team. And uh, it really gave me the confidence to move forward in this field of 
of a career. So, and that wasn't the case with Tori Lavulo and in Arizona. I would, I would imagine he wasn't asking you what they should no, do with Yasmani no. Tomas and. Oh my Hannah. gosh. <laughs> Yeah, no, Tori, Tori, the whole Lavello family is amazing. Um, his son, Nick, uh, was a minor league baseball player, and I was fortunate enough to get to know the Lavello family and his wife and um, his kids. Family is incredible. Team and the culture around is just amazing. I couldn't have asked for a better internship experience. You know, the guys on the team were great from the limited interactions I had with them, but the staff that worked there and uh, Derek Hall and Ken Kendrick and all those um, people at the Diamondbacks are were equally amazing as my high school experience. They were, you know, it really was a family and I never felt like I was an intern. Like I really felt like a valued part of the team. So um, I got super lucky. I went from Coach Swope to Troy Lovello at the Diamondbacks and all those cool people. So yeah, I got really lucky. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to cut this off now on behalf of all the Rockies fans who are saying, actually, no, I, I know, I'm that's sorry. one more question. No, we're not going to hold it against you here. We, we got to get it all out of the way. This is what introductions are about, right? I promise I'd let everyone at the Diamondbacks know I was a huge Rockies fan. I got crap for it all the time, especially the 2017 wildcard game. They never let me live it down. So oh. don't worry. <laughs> I got oh. it on the other end too. <laughs> um, so so how, how were you able to get past that hurdle when you had to work with Archie Bradley? <laughs> Like oh, yeah. you, every day I, I went, mm. oh, every day I showed up at the ballpark. I was like, if you just hadn't hit that triple, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Archie's a nice you guy. You look at him. You're like, you're a lovely human. You seem to be working hard. Why did you hit that triple? <laughs> yeah, seriously. It was even worse because um, my first year as an intern was the year after 2017. So I started in 2018 mm. and like one of the first promotions they had was the Archie Bradley bobblehead and it had the audio from the triple and it was like oh, I hate no. this like you guys are just rubbing <laughs> it in my face at this point <laughs> oh that's terrible all right I do want to move away but I gotta ask you one last question about your time with the Diamondbacks can you just share with us a couple of of standout moments we were talking about one before we came on here but just a few things that uh you know you got to experience while you were getting your your first introduction as you said like it, it is a weird transition where baseball is this thing you've loved your whole life you love it, it it's like attached to you as uh, from the very earliest ages and now it's like this thing you have to do professionally for a living to pay your bills and stuff so what was that like and what were some of the most surreal moments from that first year or two yeah, I mean, um, I got to experience two opening days with the Diamondbacks. So opening day in general is just magical. Like I said, it's pretty much the equivalent of my Christmas. I love opening day. It signifies so many things for me. So getting to experience two opening days was really cool. Um, I also got to experience Paul Goldschmidt's last year as a Diamondback before he went on to be with the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really cool getting to see Goldie in a Diamondbacks uniform, um, as well as Greinke. So right. So I got to be there when he was on the roster as well. Um, so that was pretty cool. I also, um, one of my jobs at the Diamondbacks was to do the line score up on the Jumbotron. They call it DBTV. If my boss is watching this and he hears me call it a Jumbotron, he's going to kill me. So <laughs> the, the big screen is what I was in charge of. Um, I got to do the, the line score um, when the Yankees were in town. And I just so happened to be doing ball strikes announced in the line score for CC Sabathia's 3,000 strikeout. So I'm technically not officially recorded his 3000 strikeout I still have the um the score sheet that I kept from that game I framed it because I think it's so cool um it was a part of history and obviously he retired after that um where you know 
I don't know. Looks like we're losing Michaela just a little bit there. But uh, oh, there, back. there you are. There you are. You're back. So pretty much there. what you're saying is you went from Charles Karsten to Charles Cobb, right? You, you have the, the 3,000 strikeout game in Arizona, and now you're you're back in Colorado with, with your squad, the Rockies and, and Charlie Blackman. Also, incidentally, I don't know if you know, uh, was were the words Dansby Swanson considered to be a curse in Arizona after the awful trade that was yes. made by the previous <laughs> administration? Oh, yeah. We don't talk about the previous administration, unfortunately. <laughs> there were a lot of bad things that went down. Um, so, you know, we just kind of avoid Dansby Swanson at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> Loud and clear. Loud no, and we're, clear. We're going to have to uh, chase down CC Spath and get that thing signed for you, too. That's Yeah, that would be so cool. I got to sit in the press conference room after that game, um, and there were so many people in there. And, um, you know, even though it was against – uh, the Diamondbacks. It was still really cool to be a part of history. And he actually struck out um, one of his former teammates. Um, I'm blanking on his name. It was the catcher, um, uh, John Ryan Murphy. That was it. Oh. He struck out John Ryan Murphy. So uh, it was really funny that it was against one of his former um, minor league teammates. But it was still really cool to be a part of that history. That's amazing. Baseball is awesome in that way. It almost always seems to happen that way. All right, as we transition into our on-field topic, Patrick, you know that what exactly that means, what time it's for opening that Breck Brew. I get mine from Davidson's typically when I'm out here in Boulder, get it delivered. You can pick it up curbside. When I'm headed down to the Denver area, going to cover a game at Coors Field, I swing by the farmhouse, one of my favorite places because they've got Breck Brew and they've got food. Two of my favorite things in the world. It's delicious. You get their wings. That's usually what I get. I understand they've got really good nachos. I haven't eaten them, but I'm sure it's fantastic. All kinds of really great beer. And you can get five bucks off with the code DNVR. Very rare. You're going to find yourself a promo code that's getting you uh, a discount on both your food and your beer. This one's going to do that for you. So make sure you head on down there as a part of your support of the Breck family. And if you can't do that, well, that Mile High City Copper Lager, fantastic in the 15 can pack you can get get the sampler pack if you're not sure which one is for you and as you're drinking those breck brews one of the best things you can do is get yourself excited about rugby that's what i've been doing pretty much all summer i've had a little bit more time than i usually do in the summer and so as uh, as of a result of that i've been able to watch a bunch of dnvr watches programs been able to get into rugby, learn a little bit about it. Even at the beginning, before all this stuff started, went to a couple of games. And I'm really glad I did because little did I know that Colorado was going to become the home, the epicenter, the future of the sport of rugby in the United States of America. It's become home of the training center for both the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. That pretty much makes Colorado the place to be for rugby in this country. And if you have got Colorado sports pride, Colorado state pride, you want to prove that we can do it just as well as anybody. Not only that, we can prove it can be done. Not just a place where sports can be awesome, but a place where sports can start, branch out to the rest of the country. Join us whenever it's opening back up. I'm going to be out there 
run into me anytime and say hello out in Infinity Park. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous facility. And we're going to be taking in men's and women's rugby. I cannot wait for that to get started. It's The game is so much fun. Learning a new sport is so much fun. And now we get to be right where the best in the world are going to come out and, and put it on display for us. What more can you ask for? It's a special so, spot, special location, much like we said yesterday, much like the Olympic facility down in Colorado Springs. I know you know that well, Michaela. So it's pretty cool right here that, that Denver is, is now a, a world-class city when it comes to a worldwide sport such as rugby. Before we get into our topic about the Rockies roster, I did want to answer this question real quick since it came in from Joseph who wants to know, are squad games going to be broadcast? Uh, I know that they're working on it. That is the, that is the information that I have at my disposal. I suspect uh, that some of these will be broadcast. There are some weird legal rules about all of this. Mikhail, I'm sure you've heard a lot of those strange conversations over the years about rights and who can do what from the ballpark and um, going oh, yeah. live and, and, you know, especially since the invention of Periscope and now the role that social media plays in all of this, it, it, it's all very strange, but uh, they, they are working on that as such, you know, in the meantime, hopefully you just keep following us on all of our social media. We've been tweeting out as much video as possible. Uh, so just, you know, look for all the, the highlights there. Um, so let's get to our topic of conversation for the day I asked on Twitter and of myself and of the two of you, if there was one player in Major League Baseball, and Patrick, I'm going to let our guest have a little more. Now, she knew this was coming, but still, I'm going to give her an opportunity to go go second here. Any player in all of Major League Baseball that you could add to the Rockies roster, Patrick, who would you take? You don't want our guest to go first? You want me to go first? I, I don't want to put her on the spot like that. I want to give her an opportunity to, to feel, unless, okay. Michaela, you want well, to jump fair. right in. But I, 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 want to, I want to give her a minute to consider here, just well, in case. All right, so which MLB player would I add to the Rockies roster? I think the, you know, they, they've got plenty of hitters. The Rockies will never uh, be light on, on offense, right? They'll find somebody that can get the job done, particularly at Coors Field do the job on the road. So I'd be looking towards a starting pitcher and I want someone that has a pedigree who does well in the playoffs, a guy who's a workhorse. Michaela, I'm not going to take Zach Greinke. Don't worry. I maybe no, you're leaning No, but I think you're way. about to take my person. Oh, oh so no. This I may have, I have, my, I may have <laughs> really? blown this whole up. It's not CC Sabathia. Nope. All right. How about this? And, and is the person you're thinking of, I was going to say, have two different colored eyes. Yeah. yeah. Then you, why don't you go ahead and you tell me who yep. you like. <laughs> well, I feel bad now because we all have the same person, but I would, of course, pick Max Scherzer. He is the best pitcher in baseball. You can't get any better than Mad Max. He was the cornerstone of the Nationals championship last year. So, um, you know, like you said, the Rockies have plenty of hitters. If I was going to go hitter, I was going to pick Mike Trout. Obviously, he's the best player of all time in our generation, at least. So. If I had to pick a hitter, it would be Mike Trout. But, I mean, right now, looking at the Rockies roster, they definitely need pitching depth. Um, I don't think they have a true ace, hot take. Um, so I think they would most benefit from a starting pitcher. And like you said, um, someone with the pedigree that Max Scherzer has would be the most beneficial to the Rockies right now. Um, I mean, he's he's amazing. Like, you, you can't fault Max Scherzer for anything. So I was going to pick Scherzer. <laughs> no, well, no. not Max. 
That's the right <laughs> answer. We've, we've already, we don't even need Drew's vote. It's two to one. Probably not. That's the right um, answer, Max Scherzer. <laughs> it probably is. I, I think it's it's one of two right answers. I've always said, yeah, I, I think Scherzer, obviously, like, like Michaela said, you can't make an argument against Scherzer. I think I could make a slightly stronger argument with our guy Patrick here for uh, Mr. Jacob DeGrom. I think his arsenal in particular uh, works a little bit better for Coors Field in theory. I may know nothing. I've studied it as much as anybody that doesn't work for the Colorado Rockies, and I still may know nothing about this whole Coors and, and hangover effect thing. But if I do, I think DeGrom is a guy that that bodes well for. And then there's sort of the economics of it, right? There's the meta conversation where like Scherzer takes up more of your budget. You get a deal on DeGrom and, and, and he's a little bit younger stuff like that. But we're, we're splitting hairs there. We're, we're at the right um, idea. I was surprised that nobody in um, our responses, and I'll find a few more that we got here um, on Twitter. Uh, another person, Garrett Cole, uh, Orange and Blue Mama saying Garrett Cole or Max Scherzer again. You could throw him into that conversation as well. Um, I would have maybe gone a little creative and gone with like a lights out closer if I felt like there was a Mariano Rivera type in the game today who was someone you could just count on to shut a ball game down. I think especially in a 60 game season, you know, if we're, we're applying this conversation to that, that could get interesting. Well, if we're, if we're really always need help, but yeah, that, always needs that's help. true. That would, and that's <laughs> that the consideration is, so is that if you have a guy yeah. that can go multiple innings, then, you know, that that's just going to allow your, your bullpen to rest up that much more. And it's going to ensure you've you win a lot more of those one two run ball games. But if you're going to if you're going to evoke the name Mariano Rivera, let's go all the way back. Satchel Page. I want to see Satchel Paige uh, on the Rockies roster, <laughs> particularly because of the fact, besides him just being entertaining, think of the interviews that we're going to get. Uh, think, think of the wonderful quotes that, that will come out of that man's mouth. And the fact that he can probably start every four days. I mean, that's even better. So you're getting two pitchers for the price of one. And, and that's Satchel Paige when he's 40, 45, 50. Heck, I'd even take him at 55 years old because Leroy Satchel Paige, he could bring it. Fun fact, go. I actually met a guy in college whose name was Satchel, and he was named after Satchel Page. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. That's the first thing I thought of when he was like, hi, I'm Satchel. I'm like, the baseball player? <laughs> and he's like, well, kind of. Uh, yeah. do, do you have a, a player like that, Michaela, from history that's that's your your guy? My, my mom's guy has always been Mickey Mantle, you know, someone like that. Is, is there a player from baseball history you, you gravitated more toward their story? Um, I mean, the easy answer is obviously Jackie Robinson. I think it's so cool that, you know, the Dodgers get that claim to fame um, with Jackie on their roster. Um, I've always grav gravitated towards his story, though, just because I think his story is one of a kind. Nobody else has that story. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's, again, not the wrong answer. Max Scherzer and Jackie Robinson are not the wrong answers to these questions. <laughs> They're definitively not. They may not have definitively correct answers, but those are definitively not the wrong answers to them. A few more uh, that we got here on Twitter. Uh, the Ryan McMahon fan club at Rance Rockies wants Victor Robles. <laughs> I think they just really like Victor Robles, but there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with A right-handed bat? At, well, he's left-handed, but yeah, young outfielder like that, patrolling center field, that's going to be a key. I was going to say, 
I was going to say the defense in the outfield intrigues me to be sure, but you know, there's a limit to the value you're going to get out of that. Um, who is uh, Dari came in with uh, Tyler glass now. And I know she's big fan of Tyler glass now, nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Tyler glass now, but uh, a huge probably, upside. yeah. Yeah. You never know. It's, it, it, uh, you know, a year from now, she could be looking back and say, I told you <laughs> like, like you're right. You never know in this game. Kayla, do you do you think a guy like Trevor Bauer would be successful in Colorado? Does does he? I know he's a free agent at the end of this year, so you you kind of forget about how much money he would he would ask for and 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 what kind of a long term deal. But if you're talking about a sixty game season, Trevor Bauer, good fit for this team. Um, I think so. I think it just depends on how much risk you want to take in like the locker room culture. Um, I think he has a great personality in a lot of cases, but in some, I think it might rub people the wrong way. Um, but if they, if he's there to help the team win at the end of the day, I say, go for it. I mean, he's a great pitcher. Um, and you know, in a 60 game season, you need all the pitching depth that you can get. Um, so he's got a ton of experience. He has playoff experience. Um, so I would say yes. All right. Last one I've got for you here on this, and then, uh, we'll let you go when we get back into all the new stuff here. And this may be a tough one, and this may be an easy one. I really don't know. Which of the Diamondbacks who were there during your time with the Diamondbacks? You get one guy from that time. You could take him and put him on the Rockies right now. Which guy would you take? And it can't be Daniel Descalso. I know that's the obvious one. We know he's awesome. But you can't go Descalso. He's with the Cubs now, right? Yes. The Cubby? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh God. That's so hard. There's so many different ways I could take this. Um, I mean, oh boy, that's so tough. I mean, obviously my favorite player while I was there was Paul Goldschmidt, but we don't really need a first baseman. Um, but Goldie's Goldie. So <laughs> Goldie um, is Goldie. That's, that's <laughs> the, so far. The comments are not exactly shy, but I mean, got, he also hits like yeah. 700 at Coors Field. So. Yeah. You've got so, Goldies cool. on both corners between Paul Goldschmidt and the seven time gold glove award winner, Nolan Arenado at third base. That, that would be the Goldie corner right there. Yeah. Murph personality DH, wise, yeah. yeah. Personality yeah. wise, Archie Bradley, of course, um, even though we have some history with Archie Bradley, I just think it'd be so cool to have Archie Bradley and Charlie Blackman on the same team because they can have a beard competition and like there's two awesome beards on the same team. So I'm all for that. Um, obviously, Granky's a great pitcher, so that would help to the pitching depth. Like there's just so many. I don't know, like Goldie, Granky, Archie Bradley. I'd probably pick Goldie, though. You can't go wrong with Goldie on your yeah. roster. Yeah. Especially if you don't want this crowd to turn against you. If you take Archie Bradley, I don't, it's, it may be yeah. the smart pick. It may be the right pick. <laughs> uh, he is a really great though, and he's so fun to be around, and he is such a joy in the locker room. So I feel like that would really boost team morale if they could just forgive him for 2017. <laughs> and they, right. could, they could do some some old school wrestling, you know, uh, situations with like the Killer Bees, where you could swap out Archie and Charlie, and no one actually knows what's happening. You know, or Archie, you know, he comes out early in the game in the seventh, and you're like, okay, who's going to pitch the ninth? Charlie Blackman, and it's really Archie. You know, he just put <laughs> Charlie's jersey on, and they could they could There's work a lot around of that. Here. No yeah. one would, no one would, know. Yeah. we would know, but nobody else. Uh, Very true. 
right. Well, Michaela, this is a lot of fun. We're really excited to have you around. I'm really excited because when I first started at this company, I was the only person who was the baseball first person. We have a lot of people now who are, but, you know, a lot of the people who and everybody in this company is a fan of multiple sports. And I think a lot of people are even baseball number two people. Uh, But I was the only person for the first couple of years around here that was like the baseball first person. I didn't have any other job so that you're taking care of us on the social media side out here that you're you've come onto the team. We're very excited to have you. But I personally am very excited to have you as a fan of your work from the other side for for a long time uh, just to see your your love of the game. And, and we'll be sure to have you on regularly to give us your thoughts on the season and what you're seeing out there, uh, because I, I just can't wait to hear more about your love for the game of baseball and and your thoughts on these Colorado Rockies. It's going to be a weird season and it's going to be great having you around. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you both having me on. This was so much fun and I love the Rockies. So I'm always here to talk baseball whenever you want. Cool. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us, Michaela. Thanks guys. Make sure you throw her a follow at Michaela E Perkins on Twitter. You will not regret it. Yes, absolutely. And and as I said, she's doing a great job with all of our stuff. If y'all saw the uh, golf tournament, I won the tournament. Golf game. I don't know that. Again, I play golf video games. I play WGT. Is it if it one day is a tournament? Because yeah. I was talking about, okay. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Uh, RK and, and Hank against Moj and Lombardi and uh, Ali and Michaela were out there filming it yeah. all day. Uh rocking around getting great content asking questions getting those guys to talk trash to each other which was basically (laughs) the entertainment value of it for me since i don't know as much about golf um so she's been fantastic it'll be great to talk more baseball with her in the future as we get into our news stuff i do of course need to remind you that the best way to stay the best version of yourself the cleanest the best smelling the freshest is to get manscaped you get manscaped, and you get taken care of. You want your boys taken care of, you got to take care of your boys. And you can do that with the lawnmower 3.0. You can do it with that proof that you can get defunctionalized. That's what I'm calling it. Defunctionalized down here with that deodorant. I'm telling you, I've been sitting in a press box. It's been hot and sweaty. Sometimes you might get a little bit of that chafing. Not me. I'm manscaped. So you can get that situation as well. If you use promo code DMVR20, you get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. All right. Wanted to run through a few more bits of news and notes from the day just before we came on here. Bud Black gave a brief press conference mostly about, uh, you know, the on the field stuff as we move Closer to the season, Patrick, I'll start you with the big headliner that surprised me a little bit. Um, And that was he did not commit to Wade Davis as the team's closer when asked directly where in spring training 1.0, he had, if not 100% committed to it, given very strong language that suggested Wade Davis is going to be the closer when asked that today, uh, he, he sort of talked around it. The first word out of his mouth actually was, well... Um, (laughs) It was one of those. And uh, he ended up saying these two interesting things. It's going to come down to performance. It could be a combination of a few guys. Your reaction? Well, first, I thought the breaking news was about Tony Walters getting a haircut. 
and, and, <laughs> and possibly reducing the amount of people who mistake me for Tony Walters. Now, I'm the guy with the long hair and mustache. He's just the guy with the mustache. So I was going to say. Let's make that clear. But it was interesting, of course, that Wade Davis isn't the obvious go-to guy. In a way, Rockies fans should want him to be that go-to guy because, you know, d- depending on how much uh, of analytics you may have gotten into during during your, your time as a baseball fan, you know that many times the three guys you face in the ninth inning are the sixth, seventh, and eighth hitter. So it's not really a very high-leverage situation. Sure, it's pressure-packed. It's the ninth inning. It, it could be a make-or-break spot, but it could be some of the easier bats that are in the lineup. It's the seventh and eighth inning when you've got the heart of the other team's order with guys on base, let's say, that are the more important outs. So who do you want when the game is on the line in the seventh or eighth? Do you want Wade Davis or do you want Scott Obert? Because if you want to win that game, Odds suggest you want to go with Scott Oberg, at least at first for right now, and then Wade Davis can save some games. Now, maybe you go with a hybrid of this, particularly because uh, MLB and the Players Association, they yesterday were able to work out the details uh, of all the prorated business and um, contracts uh, in regards to... um, that's the word I'm looking for. Player options, sorry. Oh, right, right. Uh, in regards to player options. And so that's that's all prorated. So what that means is if Wade Davis finishes, it's it's between 11 and 12. In some places I've seen 12, but the math that I've done says only 11. Uh, if he closes and, or just finishes 11 games, not saves, finishes. So if he, if he even blows a save and he's the last guy in that game, he finished it. Uh, if he finishes 11 of those games, that means it now becomes a mutual option. Uh, there's a million-dollar buyout, and you know there there becomes that much greater of a possibility that you know the Rockies are going to have to pay him some money that they're not going to want to do. Same thing yeah. goes for Brian Shaw and Jake McGee, which we right. can talk about later what those numbers look like. But ultimately, you you don't want to put yourself in that predicament again. I, I think it's only really a million dollars that we're talking about. Right. Um, but I, you have to be careful and cautious with those things, and and I think you're avoiding a grievance, right? If you go out and say, hey, this guy's our closer, and then as soon as you maybe take him out and he was okay, even if he wasn't great, but if he's just okay, an agent can file a grievance and say, wait a minute, you only took him out of that spot just so you didn't have to worry about paying him next year, and that's yeah. not a good spot you want to be in. Yeah, the the Rockies ran up against that last year when people thought they were going to bench Brian Shaw uh, so that he wouldn't hit his vesting option thing as well. So you have to be very careful about that. You can't let a guy come right up to his vesting option date and then just cut him right at that moment. It's it, You're going to get sued by the players union if you do something like that. So, yeah, it's something that on several levels they've got to be aware of as they move forward. Uh, and and like you said, Scott Oberg's more valuable at other places in the bullpen as well. Other little bits of bullpen news. They continue to be very high on Daniel Bard. I was surprised to hear Bud Black mention him. I know Nick Rogue has talked about him. I know he had a nice inning the other day. I can't see a way he makes this roster, but they keep mentioning him. The guy hasn't pitched in Major League Baseball in, what, five years? Seven. I mean, yeah. 2013 yeah. was the last time. It was, It was. I think, maybe I mean, two outings. <clears throat> and I think I think the last time you, you may have had a guy that's gone that long between appearances in the majors 
could be Mini Minoso, who who didn't play for 14 years, and he was only brought back so he could play in 1980 at the age of 64 years old. So Stop. that was more of a publicity stunt than anything. Daniel Bard's <laughs> trying to do it for real, obviously. Uh, and you're right. I think there's just a logistical thing. If you go back and listen to one of our episodes uh, late last week where we – actually, no, excuse me. It was it was Monday it's morning. a couple of days ago. That's it right. Feels like Time it. flies. <laughs> Uh, Monday morning where we went and we, we talked about who we think the 30-man opening day roster is going to be along with the taxi squad. And there's three guys right now that ultimately need to be on that opening day roster that are not on the 40-man, which means three guys need to come off. And in fact, one of those guys that we said could possibly be coming off just arrived at the stadium yesterday in Charlie Blackman. Yeah. So... Again, you, you just have a roster crunch, and as much as you could say, well, if you don't add Dan- Daniel Bard, then he could leave the organization and sign with somebody else. But again, other organizations, they have those same guys that are kind of on the cusp, and if they're not going to add him to the 40-man right away, then it might just be easier for Daniel Bard to say, hey, thank you guys, you gave me that opportunity. And as the season goes on, people get injured, people get hurt. Maybe Brian Shaw, yep. exactly, yep. Sean right. McGee. They end up packing their bags, and now that's uh, Daniel Bard's opportunity to slide in there and you know make a successful comeback seven years in the waiting. It'd be a great story. I'm obviously not against it. I just you know I just don't see it happening. He also praised uh, Danny Yancy Falco Almonte. loves our idea here. He, loves he's it, loving loves where we're coming it. from. Thanks for the support, bud. Yancy uh, uh, Almonte and uh, Philip Deal. We're going to get, I think, our first real good look at him tonight. It sounds like so that'll be interesting. You mentioned the Charlie Blackman scenario and how that's going to, you know, continue to play out here. One of the things that surprised me a little bit today, but I think is just further confirmation that they know Charlie's not going to be ready to go for those first couple of games. Uh, This was actually said on MLB Network on the radio earlier today, Bud Black mentioning that the primary DHs are going to be Daniel Murphy, a little bit interesting because, okay, not Charlie Blackman, and Matt Kemp, which we had expected but may come as a little bit of a surprise to people who thought that Kemp was, you know, a borderline making the roster. One of those typical, like, you sign that guy to a minor league deal, he will or won't be there, uh, that Bud Black sees him already as the primary right-handed DH and Daniel Murphy is the primary left-handed DH suggests to me one, they don't think Charlie's going to be ready there uh, to start the season. And two, that we got to have a question about second base because if Daniel Murphy is your primary designated hitter against right-handed pitching, that means Ryan McMahon's playing first, which means Hampson Owings, or Rogers at second. It sounds like on opening day we're likely to get that. So what do you what do you think of that scenario there, Mr. Lyons? Yeah, it's 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 going to be a little a little bit of a roulette situation between Kemp and Murphy and and it's a good situation because Bud Black has a lot of flexibility to go around. Um, when Kemp isn't DHing, you can have him in right field and you can sit either Tapia or Hilliard, because again, there's a left-handed pitcher on the hill. So, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, what this signals is that Ryan McMahon is going to be starting against left-handed starting pitchers. Like, that's not going to be a question. He's going to be given those reps 
as much as possible, right? right. Even over Daniel Murphy, I think, in, in many ways. Right. So, and then what that also says is that, you know, Brendan Rodgers and Sam Hilliard are almost going to be, I wouldn't say splitting time 50-50, but again, you've, you've got a lot of potential to mix and match now with the DH where you can keep those veteran guys sharp without, you know, losing at-bats and taking them away. And I, and I think they're going to be fine playing two out of every three days. And anytime that they're not playing, you now have a big bat coming off the bench in Matt Kemp or a big bat like Daniel Murphy as well coming off the bench. So it's, it's going to allow for a lot of opportunities. And kind of like you're, you're alluding to here is that it'll, it gives uh, more playing time to the young guys, particularly Brendan Rodgers, who Buddy also mentioned should be fine in the field now. Again, he's at second base. So obviously the, the, you know, capacity to throw is, is reduced much more so than if you were playing on the left side of the infield. So Rogers is, I think he's going to get that opportunity. I don't know if, if he'll get that on opening day. We'll see. He was who I had originally in. And then I thought, again, if Lance so cool. Lynn is the opening day starter for the Rangers, then you might want to stack more left-handed bats. So yeah. that might not happen. But Rogers is going to get, you know, substantial playing time in this abbreviated 60-game season. Right. As will, I think, Garrett Hampson and, and moving around all over the diamond. So this is kind of an answer to Joseph's question here. He says, isn't Kemp's defense a liability? The short answer to your question is yes. Uh, the more detailed answer to your question is less so in a season like this if the Rockies play it smart. Because let's take a, a scenario. The Rockies are going to have a game against Clayton Kershaw. Big lefty on the hill. You want Matt Kemp in the lineup. Uh, but Rodgers or Hampson's been hot, right? Rodgers or Hampson, Rodgers has just been on fire. Rodgers has four home runs in in the last 12 games you've played. You're coming in to play the Dodgers. You don't want to take Rodgers out of there. You've got him in at second base. You don't want to take McMahon out either. He's having a real nice season. Well, Kemp, uh, maybe you get him into the outfield because Blackman hadn't been there. Hampson or uh, Hilliard hadn't been there whatever it is, and, and Kemp has proven to do what you knew he would do all season. He's hit lefties, and this game is at Coors Field, and he's hit at Coors Field. So you've got him in there, and you've got him out in left instead of either Toppy or Hilliard, who's, who's struggled left on left all year, right? And Kemp does what he needs to do. He helps the team. He hits a big two-run home run, three-run home run in the, in the third or the fourth inning, right? You can, in this season, take him out right after that. Because you've got 30 people to deal with instead of the 25 you had before. That's the moment you turn to Chris Owings or Garrett Hampson or Sam Hilliard or Rymel Tapia. Because those are your options. That All of those guys can defend and run and go do the thing. And you don't have to worry about whether or not they're going to match up with Clayton Kershaw. Matt Kemp took care of that for you. That's obviously the best case scenario for putting him out there in the field. Precisely right, and, and, and you don't even have to be the biggest Hampson or Owings or Rogers fan uh, out there. Josh Fuentes, even any any anyone you want to run down uh, on the Rockies bench, you don't have to be a huge fan. But and again, in the right matchup, you go well. Shoot, that that favors the Rockies, so you can absolutely do that and mix and match. You know, Matt Kemp has predominantly, after uh, a career in center field, has played more left field than right field. And now with Charlie Blackman back again, uh, still way too early to even try to guess, you know, what he's going to be able to contribute on the field. But again, 
if you can put Matt Kemp in left field, if you're if you're a Hilliard believer and say Hilliard should get the majority of those starts, if you're going to say Tapia or Hilliard in the lineup against Clayton Kershaw, we only have room for one of them. You can go, you can rather than you know playing Tapia out of position over in right, uh, you know you can have Kemp in left. Hilliard going right. I think Tapia would be fine in right field, but uh, I think his arm might be a little bit better suited for uh, left. So again, a lot of options. It really, it really only becomes difficult once the first two weeks stretch is over, and that thirty man becomes twenty eight, and Charlie goes from I'm not quite ready yet to now I am ready, and it becomes we might have to lose three guys off right. of the roster. So. Right. We we got a way to go until then, but at their on the early going, you're right, Drew. They've got the ability to to have a lot of you know matchups in their favor late in the game with some of the bats on their bench. Yeah, it, it'd be really interesting. And you know, Joseph asking also about Fuentes. You know, how is he going to be able to get any time? He was hot during spring training. That'll that's how he'll get it. If he hits, he'll get to play. And that's kind of and that was really the the takeaway I had from Bud Black's presser today whether he's answering those questions about the bullpen guys or these questions about hitters it was it's an all hands on deck i'm playing the hot hand if, if you've been hitting well you get to play so it, you know you don't want to bench a guy like ryan mcmahon for long at all but if it turns out that you know he starts struggling against lefty, lefties a little bit and fuentes is crushing them you can start fuentes at first base a couple of times he's got great defense there I mean, you could throw out a lineup. We were, it's funny, we were talking about the lineups the other day and how in their standard one, the only righties they have are the superstars on the left side, Nolan and Trevor. They could go Rogers at second, Fuentes at first, Kemp in left, Hampson in center, and now have everybody but their right fielder is right-handed and capable. Uh, can we get another? There's not enough. Oh, oh, you not could put Daza. Owings and you could put Daza or Owings in right field and have a, a 100% right-handed lineup. The Dodgers did it with a 25-man roster a lot last year right. against Rockies starters, so it, it, there's very well could be that possibility. And and this is this is a, a flaming hot take that I don't think will come to fruition uh, when when you you hear the the whole thought. But the hot take is this: Josh Fuentes, if he were to stay at first base, he would win a Gold Glove. Now, he is not going to get that enough playing time to do that, not this season, and I don't think any season going forward at this point. It remains to be seen. A lot would still need to happen. But the dude was Gold Glover caliber at third base two years ago with Albuquerque. Obviously, you know, you can't win a Gold Glove from the minor leagues, but you're doing the exact same thing at that level as you would in the major. What, there's maybe an extra two or three mile per hour difference in that ball, but the, the balls and the grounders that he was able to get to in Albuquerque is mind-blowing. His, his yeah. arm might not be as strong as, as his cousin's, but if you ask Josh, he would tell you he is just as good, if not better, at third base than Nolan Arenado. And he's taken that attitude with him over at first base, and he's made some you know real in-between plays that you go, oh, that's yeah. a tough one. He makes it with ease. So that's one of those advantages that you have where – Again, depending on the matchup, Daniel Murphy late in the game, you know there's a lefty on the hill, you can go Fuentes. Or if you just like a different matchup and you want to go Kemp, you can burn Kemp in a pinch hit spot. Now who's playing first base defensively is someone like Josh Fuentes. Not Chris Owings, who would do a serviceable job. Not a guy a couple years ago like a Pat Vileka, 
who did a serviceable job at first base, but a guy who actually can pick it, a guy who actually can evoke, you know, those those cat like abilities that we saw in Todd Helton. Mm-hmm. And in Andres Galarraga right. so many years ago at first base. And so that, again, is part of that added value that the 30-man roster brings and part of the added value that Josh Fuentes brings to the Rockies. Yeah, you're going to be able to take advantage of the guys who have those great skills but maybe who haven't quite yet figured out how to hit at the major league level yet. It's a lot on Bud Black's plate and the whole coaching staff in the front office. They're going to need to do a good job and we're going to keep you up to date on all of that stuff over the coming days and weeks. So make sure that you're following us all on all the social media that you're subscribing to the DNVR.com. You're picking up some cool merch. I think our masks are still on sale. So not only is that cool merch, but it's smart merch. It's safe merch. It's good to take care of the people around you merch. Uh, <laughs> I believe that's a category of merch, right? Good to take care of the people around you merch. Isn't that a thing? Uh, maybe in some state. <laughs> if the mask so, is smart, would that make it a smark? That's something else. Sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, shoehorning in some of our wrestling chat. Sorry for, for anyone that's not digging all that stuff, but smart. Uh, I'm not. There you go. I, I make no apologies for our <laughs> wrestling references. Dig it, brother. <laughs> Just hope that one day, one day, we will get that wrestling podcast that we need. But until that day, we will keep talking Rockies baseball for you. Actually, even past that day, we'll keep talking Rockies baseball for you because we love doing it. We'll be sure to have Michaela back on. That was a lot of fun. We'll have to get her takes throughout the year as well as other people on the DNBR staff. Be on the lookout soon for us to get into all the betting stuff uh, to really start ramping up on our getting ready for the season coverage. We're we what are what are our days well it's tuesday but you're listening to this probably on wednesday which is why we're going to remind you to make sure you're following us on twitter because tuesday night it's team arenado versus team story intra-squad fantasy ball game we're going to have all that live coverage some amazing video i definitely think the intensity is going to be ratcheted up a little bit more tonight with Story and Arenado wanting their squads to come out ahead. Absolutely. These guys get competitive, man. Oh, they yeah. get competitive in spring training in those basketball tournaments. So I think I think you're right. We're going to see some good stuff out there tonight. So make sure you're following us. You don't want to miss any of it. Make sure you're following our Instagram, too. Michaela's done a lot of great work uh, to get that you know functional and entertaining and fun for everybody. We're going to be tweeting out the videos of actual baseball. The Rockies out there playing. You don't want to miss any of it. Other than that, we can only ask that you remain absolutely awesome out there. We will remain absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creesman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.